thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hope this message from Good News Company blesses you. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and enjoy the message. Man, I'm excited to be in the house of God, in the presence of his people, with you guys, all those things. It's amazing. Um, are you glad to be in church tonight? Yes. Come on, we're not at church, we are the church, okay? And, and we don't want to be a part of a dead church, a quiet church, a church that's passive about our faith. We're excited, we're passionate about the word of God, we're passionate about his word, what he has to say to us. And uh, so I'm excited to jump in. We, like uh, they said, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, it's going to be a great couple of weeks. And so I'm going to jump straight into a message tonight um, to help kick us off. If you can, if you feel led, make your way to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Young Zeal asleep on me. Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 17, starting in verse 14. We'll work on that. It says this. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and suffers and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus responding says, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I have to put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. I'm going to jump over to Mark chapter 9 where we see, a, a, the, an, an, not another account, but the next part of this account. Uh, a bit later on in Mark chapter 9, 28, it says, And when he came un- into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why, why couldn't we cast it out? And so he said to them, This kind can only come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Um, I titled this message to kick off our 21 days of prayer and fasting, In and Out. In and Out. Let's pray. Jesus, we just pray of your word right now. Lord God, break open the floodgates of your presence, of your revelation, and let it flood our hearts with light, Lord, that we wouldn't just see words on a page, uh, but God, that it would uh, penetrate our hearts and grow something inside of us. We thank you for what you're doing in this room, in this moment, in 2022. We're excited, we're believing, we're expecting for you to move. And if you are, say amen. Amen. Um, new parents in the house. We've got new parents in the house over here. Let's give it up for Gabe and most importantly, Danny. With little River in the house. What a little legend. I think he looks like... Uh, oh, actually, so far I don't think he looks like either of you. But I think that'll begin to happen. That happens. But I was thinking new parents. Well, not brand new. Um, but new parents. Uh, when you become a parent... You, you learn a few things. You learn, you begin to think about, at least I did, I began to think about all the things that, that, that parents did for you and that parents said to you when you were growing up. And so when I became a parent, I, I, uh, I don't know about you, but I, um, 
I realised I didn't give my parents enough credit than I should have. Like, I, 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 I didn't think they knew really what was going on with me. But now that I've become a parent, I realise they knew everything. <laughs> like, they were clued on the whole time. And, uh, for example, last Sunday, it was last Sunday, we, we finished church and we went home. And uh, we got home and uh, we, uh, we went to get the kids out of the car. And I look over to Jazzy and he's like... You know, sleep in his car seat, and that's nice. She, she, Jasper's on her side. She, she goes around, and gets Jasper. I look around at Oscar, and he's like, "I'm like, cool, perfect." So I go around and I open the door to Oscar, and then I just pause for a second. I'm like, "Hang on a second, I'm not fooling for this." I say, "Oscar, come on, let's go, mate." And he's just, like, "Oscar, mate, come on, we're home. Let's get out of the car." And he's like, and then I say, "Oscar, I know you're awake." And then he's like... <laughs> he doesn't open his eyes. He's just smiling and he thinks he's not smiling. I'm like, Oscar, I see you smiling. You're awake. Get out of the car. And he, and he wakes up and he's like, oh, I wanted you to carry me in. <laughs> Who remembers that feeling of being carried in by mum and dad? And you thought you were getting away. You thought, but they knew. They were just being gracious to you that uh, they would carry you inside. That's the best feeling in the world. And I knew that because that was me right? 25 years ago, that was me, that I knew that that was me because I'd been there before. And I, and I was things, when you become a parent, there's things that you remember your parents saying to you that you swore you would never say to your kids until, until they ask for the last time, why? Like, why do I have to do that? And then you find yourself repeating what your dad or your mum would say, the international universal phrase book that every parent gets when they uh, become a parent, they get handed the phrase book where the answer to whenever a child says why is because I told you so. And you swore you would never say that, but you do. And I feel like that's a cop out because either one, you don't know why <laughs> you're asking them to do that. Or two, you can't be bothered explaining it uh, because I told you so. There's the other one where they are in, um, in the checkout line and they have all the strategically placed bits and pieces that the kids want to buy and they want to buy it and they ask, can we buy it? And what does your parents say to you? Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. And then you get the one smart Alex six-year-old, well, actually, notes come from paper, which comes from paperback trees. And shut up, they don't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees, that's one. There was another one. Uh, uh, when they uh, when they need some disciplinary um, um, affection, uh, and you take them into the bedroom, you explain to them, you say, "Listen, uh, Johnny, this is Ricky, Rico, Ricky. Uh, this is what's going to happen." Okay? <laughs> He's like, "You're going to get it." And uh, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to get something. But listen, I want you to understand this. This is going to hurt me, right? More than it's going to hurt you. Why are you lying like that? It's not going to hurt you. How hard are you hitting that child to hurt your hand more than it's going to hurt their bottom? It's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I remember promising I'd never say that, and I've said it. There's the other one when the kids are loud and you just yell, knock it off. Knock what off? We don't know. Just knock it off. Um, when all the siblings, when something happens and one kid is hurting and, and, and everyone else is laughing at them, we say, Hey, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. Stop lying to them. We're absolutely laughing at you. Um, and then there's this one. Nice courtesy laugh. Thank you. And then, uh, then there's this one 
when a child makes the indecision, they can't decide if they want to be inside or they want to be outside and they're standing in the doorway and you're there with the door open and they're like, uh, which one am I going to... And then what does every parent say? Excuse me, Luan, are you in or are you out? Are you in or out? Shut the door is another one. In or out. And uh, this got me thinking because in this story here, we see Jesus teaching us a very important principle that we're going to get to now. But we see Jesus teaching us that there are some things, some things that we need to push into and there are some things that we need to come out of. There are some areas, there's something we've got to push into and some things we've got to come out of. And we're about to kick off this 21 days, this three weeks of prayer and of fasting. And uh, today I want to set a foundation to that 21 days. I want to uh, equip you and help you and teach a little bit uh, about this idea. But uh, at the start of this year, when we really want to seek God, we really want to get a vision for our, our year and hear his voice and draw close to him. Uh, and, and I believe this message is going to help. So let's go a little bit deeper into this story here. Here we see we see Jesus coming down off the mountain, and this is just where he's been transfigured uh, before his three favorites here, Peter, James, and John. The three favorites are up on the mountain, and the Bible says that his face shone, shone like the sun up on the mountain. But then they come down the mountain. They come down the mountain to some commotion. They, they get to the bottom and uh, Jesus' other nine disciples are engaged in an argument. They're engaged in a conflict. There's a crowd around and the reason is, is because these nine disciples have uh, uh, um, had an argument and it's broken out after they struggled to help this father and his son. And we see this picture where Jesus brings, so the father brings the son to Jesus. The father brings his need to Jesus. The father brings what he, where he need, the area where he needs breakthrough to Jesus. And, uh, and, and he's bringing him for a breakthrough. And uh, it's interesting because as you start this year, there are things in, your, there's things in your life, there's areas in your life you are believing for breakthrough. If you were through our Solar Vision series last year, you, hopefully you're believing God for things. You're, you're, you're petitioning heaven for things. You're, you're saying, God, I've got a vision for this and I've got a vision for that. Those things need breakthrough in order to come to pass. Yeah. If it doesn't need breakthrough, then just go do it. Just go do it. But we want to have a vision that requires God to bring breakthrough in certain areas. And this father brings his area of need to Jesus. And, and he brings this son. And the son is suffering from this terrible condition, this, this, uh, uh, this, this sickness that Jesus discerns as a, as a demonic attack, as a spiritual force. And it's manifesting in physical. And side note, anything physical, there's often a, a spiritual element to it. You need to break it in the spiritual before we break it in the natural prayer and fasting. It's going to be a great time. But listen to this. Jesus says this. He says, uh, he, he, says to the, to, uh, he, he replies to them, he says, you unbelieving and perverse generation. And I'm like, Jesus, that's like a bit harsh. <laughs> That's not very, you know, Jesus, the good shepherd holding the lamb, you unbelieving and perverse lamb. Like, that's not very Jesus-like I, I read from this. And a lot of scholars and, and, um, and theologians believe Jesus isn't talking to the public. He isn't talking to the, the father. That Jesus is talking to the disciples here. He's talking to his nine uh, seconds, second favorites. 
And he's saying, you unbelieving and perverse generation. And I read that and I'm like, that's not very nice. Why would you say this? He hasn't even healed the boy yet. He hasn't even uh, cast out the demon. He hasn't even brought the breakthrough. And he's calling his disciples unbelieving and perverse. And uh, I was reading this and, uh, and, and I want you to realize what I want you to uh, understand here is Jesus isn't um, addressing um, the disciples. He's not saying you're unbelieving, you're, un- you're perverse. What he's actually doing is he's addressing the reason why they haven't seen a breakthrough. They're addressing the reason. So he's not having a go at them. He's not getting angry. He's not having a go at them. What he's doing here is highlighting the problem. The reason, he's highlighting the problem. So what does he say? Okay, I'm going to get the teacher note here a little bit. Okay, let's see if we can do this. He, he says two things. He says, this is the problem. He says, unbelieving. Unbelieve. I before del. I before e except after. See, believe in. He says, you, you unbelieving generation. What is unbelief? What is unbelief? Unbelief is a, is a faith issue. Unbelief is a faith issue. It's a distance issue from God. It's, it's saying, you can't hear my voice and, and because you're distant from me. You are unbelieving from me. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, you are unbelieving. You are too close. You can write this down if you want. You're too close. Sorry, you're not too close. What you are is too far. <laughs> you're too far um, from God. So Jesus saying, you un- what he's actually saying is, you're unbelieving. You're too far from God. It's a faith issue. You are too far from God. And the next thing he says, remember, he is highlighting the problem. He's just showing them the problem. You're too far from God. The other thing he says is, you are perverse. Perverse. You're not just too far from God. You're perverse. And that's a kind of an odd word. Let me break it down to... Be perverse means to twist or to turn. It, it's an out-of-shapeness. It's something unnatural. And this world that we live in, just turn on the TV, just go on social media, and you will realize that this world is perverse, that this world is twisted out of shape from God's original plan. Uh, it, it's, it's nothing like what God intended. It's been twisted and turned and perverse away from God. So in other words, he's saying, you're unbelieving, you're too far from God, and, and perverse, you're, you're too close. You're too close to the world. You see where we go? Jesus says, you guys are unbelieving and you're perverse. You're too far from God and you're too close to the world. You're too far away from him and you're too close to the world. What Jesus is doing here is not having to go with them. He is highlighting the problem before he prescribes the solution. When you go to the doctor, you don't just walk into the doctor and sit down and they start typing up the script. They don't just start injecting you. They don't just start giving you medicines and put you on the treatment. First, they want to find out what is the problem. What is wrong with you, Toby? What is the problem so that I can prescribe the correct treatment? And Jesus is looking at the problem. Why hasn't the break- breakthrough come? Why couldn't these disciples uh, see the breakthrough? Why wasn't it happening? And there are things that you've been asking God, the same question, God, why? 
And as we start this 21 days of prayer, I just want to make sure, I want to help us to, to make sure that there are no existing issues first. To, to make sure to highlight any problems that we might have so that when we pray for the breakthrough, we see the hand of God. And so moving on, then after Jesus is highlighting the problem, unbelief and perverse, he, he, he goes on to heal the boy and uh, he heals the boy. And then uh, uh, later on, later on, later on, Jesus takes his boys into private, into a home. And he takes them in there and, and, and he explains why. The, the disciples ask, why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we do it? And watch this. In public, they, uh, they were told what the problem was. But in private, Jesus prescribes a solution. This year... You need to take, I'm telling you right now as your pastor, you need to take your devotional, your private prayer life to a whole new level. Because God will give you prescriptions, answers to problems that you're facing out there in the world. But he's going to give them to you in your private prayer devotional time. He highlighted the problem in public, but when they went behind doors and they shut the door and they asked Jesus, what's the solution? He says, this is the this is the re, I'm going to give you a solution here. And so you need to take your private prayer, your personal devotion to a whole new level this year. But this is what he says to them. They say, why, Jesus, couldn't we do it? And this is what he says. He says, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This kind, this breakthrough is going to take prayer and fasting. Watch this. So what does he say? This is the problem. Okay. This is the problem. This is the Prescription. 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 Unbelievable person. This is what it says. He says, first of all, prayer. Okay, 21 days. No, he just says prayer. He says prayer. What is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer, I'm going to break it down really simple. Prayer is just talking to God. Prayer is just a relationship with him. Prayer is just uh, being in his presence. Prayer is just communicating with God. It's getting close to God. It says this. It says this in Hebrews chapter 11. Anyone who comes to him, that's a coming towards him. That's a distance coming towards him must believe that he exists. So if you're going to come to him, you have to have belief. You're going to come to him, believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so prayer is talking to God. Prayer is coming close to God in relationship. So in other words, prayer uh, uh, pushes us in. Everyone say in. In. To God. So he says, this kind can only come out by prayer. That's your first description. And prayer and fasting. Okay, fasting. Now what is fasting? Fasting is a, a diet for secular people. Um, the world's taking it, that's cool, uh, that's fine. Um, what is fasting? Fasting is uh, a way to deny your body, your physical body, of certain physical needs in order, which is to move the focus off yourself yeah. onto God. Fasting is a way to, to, uh, take the, to take the spotlight off you, your needs, your physical, and, your, and, and, and put it onto God. Fasting is a way to break the ties, to break the chains that we have to this world. Um, It says this in Isaiah 58. Is this not the kind of fasting that I have chosen? One, to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and break 
every yoke. So fasting is about loosening chains, is about untying cords, and is about breaking yokes. So what is fasting? Fasting, in other words, fasting pushes us, everyone say, out of, what do you reckon? The world. So you see what Jesus is doing here? He is pers- he is looking at the problem and he is giving a prescription. So in other words, if you leave with nothing else tonight, you're going to leave knowing that prayer pushes us into God and fasting pulls us off out of the world. Do you see Jesus? He is looking at the prescription, but he's prescribing to the problem. And Jesus is saying to us at the start of 21 days, you want to see breakthrough. You want to see miracles. You want to see forward motion. You want to get vision. You need to come close to me and move up out of the world. And we're going to do that through prayer and and fasting. They couldn't see the breakthrough because they were unbelieving and perverse. In other words, they were too far out from God and too close into the world. And Jesus is saying, you want to see that miracle? You want to see it? You want to see your solar vision come to pass? You need to pray and you need to fast. You need to draw into God and you need to come up out of the world. I want this year to be a year where I'm close to God and I'm far from the world. Where I'm close to Him. And I'm not tied down to the things of this world where I'm not walking around with the chains that connect me to this world that are holding me back and holding me away from God. I want to know God. Is that, is that okay? Does that make sense? Does that help anyone? I want to I wanna be close to Jesus and far from the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. You understand? I want to be in it. I want to be salt and light in it, but I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to be concreted my feet to the ways of this world. I want to be close to Jesus. So I've got a couple of things as we finish up. I've got a couple of things. Um, number one, turn to your neighbor while we'll have a drink and say, in or are you out? Um, that's good. All right, I've got some help for fasting and for prayer. Number one, help for prayer. Some ideas for prayer. Okay, here we go. This is practical now. All right, so take notes if you want. Help for prayer. Number one, make space. This weekend, we went away with our, our, our volunteer staff team and, uh, and we made space. We made space. We made space and we, we saw God. We had no agenda and we just worshipped and we made space for him to move. And he, he, he filled the space. And you'll hear more about that uh, soon. But you've got to make space. In other words, you've got to find a consistent time and place each day to pray. You need to find a consistent time and place each day to pray. You need to make room for it, to make room for it. If the purpose is to draw close to God, that's not going to happen when you're distracted by getting the cereal onto the table. Right? That's, you're not going to draw close to him while you're trying to uh, get the laundry done, while you're trying to wrangle the kid, while you're trying to get to work and on time. No, you have to make room, create time in your schedule. You've got to prioritize what is Important. Maybe you need to get up earlier. Maybe you need to go to bed later. Maybe you need to skip the gym. Maybe you need to uh, 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 skip some Netflix. What are you got to do? But you got to make time. But Kieran, I don't really have time. I don't really have time to pray. And I try to make time, but I don't have time. You know what? Your iPhone screen report says different. Some of you could be praying seven hours a day on and off. Make time. Make space. To pray, we prioritize what is important. 
Uh, and here's, the other, here's another bonus tip for you, okay? Bonus tip. Give the best time. Don't give your leftover. We don't, when, since when do we give any leftover thing to God? We teach about it in our tithes and offerings. We give the first and the best. We, we, we're having church on Sunday. That's the first and the best day of the week. And uh, it's the same with our time. There are times when you're, you're most energized, right? Your, your best zone and your worst zone. Our team realized, oh, the aircon's great here. Our team realized when it got to four o'clock in the afternoon, we'd had a day of planning and we were all like, all right, let's make some more decisions. <laughs> Nothing good is going to happen there. Let's do church tomorrow. That's a good decision. That's about the best decision we could make. But in the morning, we were all like, um, we must have had really good zones in the morning, most of our team. So we're on fire making decisions and we've got creative ideas. That's our best time. You've got to give your best time to God. So if you're a morning person, Give God some of the time in the morning. Are you an early riser? Great. Give him that time. Are you a night owl? But, but don't like come home from work, put the kids to bed, eat your food, then watch some Netflix and then uh, play the Xbox and then jump into bed and then oh, I'm going to pray. I don't believe I'm going to pray. What was the prayer request this Don't give that time to God. Give the best. Give the time when your creative juices are flowing. Give the best to God. Okay, I'll give you that for free. Number two, make a plan. You've got to make a plan. So make space and make a plan. You've got to uh, 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 make a plan. And we're helping you with that because we've got a prayer guide for 21 days starting today, actually. So on the way home, today's the first day and uh, we're kicking it off now. And we've got a prayer guide. And every day there's a what we're praying for. It's got a scripture and then a description about to help your prayer juices get flowing for that. And so today we're praying for our suburb. How in, on the way home, in your car, just pray over the suburb. As you enter your suburb, just be praying. Father God, I pray for this house and for that. I pray for this street, that the power of God would come. I pray this place would be for Jesus. Help me to be a light. Give me opportunity out here at the Coles or the Woolworths or at my coffee shop. You need to make a plan. And we're going to help you with that. And even Jesus gives us a plan. Even Jesus gives us a plan. The disciples ask him, hey, teach us how to pray. And you've got to understand, Jesus is a rabbi. He's a teacher. And so when he gets asked, teach me how to pray, he's going to tell them, he's going to teach them how to pray. And so he gives us the Lord's Prayer. And I personally believe because he's a teacher, he's not saying just pray these words, although you can. He is teaching us how to pray. And so he says, hey, our Father who's in heaven, that's talking, that's a template. Jesus is giving us a template, a plan of how to pray. Our uh, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. That's worship. Just start. I'm worshiping Jesus. I'm not caring about me right now. I just want to put you in your place. Uh, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's submission. God, everything I'm about to pray, I put it in your hands. Would your will be done? Uh, Give us today our daily breads. I'm praying my needs. I'm praying what I need today. That is a plan. And God gives us a plan. And uh, Good News Company gives you a plan too. So go to the website, download the plan. Amen. Uh, Number two, help for fasting. We're going into fasting. Help for fasting. And this is where you need help. Jesus told me. You didn't laugh, it's for you. That's the way I get more laughs. Anyway, helpful fasting. Number one, identify. You've got to identify what you're fasting. And uh, I just want to help you here. We're not doing a single fast. We're not saying, hey, everyone, we are fasting food. We're not saying, everyone, we're fasting this as a church. This is between you and God that you have to fast because this is 
personal. This is a personal prescription. You don't get the same prescription as the person next to you when you go to the doctor. Oh, he got that, so I guess you'll have that too. No, this is a personal yeah. thing. And so the pur- if the purpose of fasting is to break us out of the world, we need to figure out, you need to figure out, uh, in what area do you have the most ties to the world? In what area are you most chained to the world? And already, 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 something's come to your mind and you try to push it away. Already, you know what you need to fast. I don't know if it's food, social media, the Xbox, hanging out with that certain uh, group of friends, going on that thing. Whatever it is, there's something, and for many of us, it's food. The reason it's food a lot of the time is because food comes literally from the world. It's grown up out of the world and we rely, we send our our day around it. And so often that's why it is food. Um, But you need to find something where you feel like, man, I've got a few extra chains, ties here that's uh, connecting me to the world through this particular thing that's in my life. And so we're not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what to fast because you already know where you're most tied to the world, where you get most distracted away from God, where you want to pray, but you're, you're stuck doing that instead. And some of us need to look at that and realize there are chains holding me to the world here. So God, I need to break the chains that are tying me to this world. 